Losing Weight to Gain Control. Today's episode, Spice Up Your Weight Loss with Nagina Abdullah. Welcome to today's episode of the Losing Weight to Gain Control podcast, and this is Gwen Alexander, your host. And today we have a special guest with us. We have Nagina Abdullah, and Nagina is a health coach for female professionals, corporate executives, and seven-figure entrepreneurs, and founder of the website MasalaBody.com. She teaches tested and perfected metabolism-boosting strategies to help women lose 20 to 40 pounds while working 60 plus hours a week, even if they've tried everything else. Nagina has a degree in molecular and cell biology from UC Berkeley, an MBA from NYU Stern, and worked for a top four consulting firm as a management consultant before starting her health coaching business. She's been featured in health.com, Business Insider, People.com, and many more. So Nagina, welcome to the Losing Weight to Gain Control podcast. Thank you, Gwen. I'm very excited for our conversation today. Yes. Uh, when I was doing my research on you and I was kind of talking before about how you, you like to use spices and uh, I've had my friends actually tease me about the amount of spices I have in my cabinet. So I'm going to tell them all about you and that I'm not the weird spice lady. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. There's so much that you can do with spices that's so exciting. And it actually really helps with weight loss to boost your metabolism as well. So yes. (laughs) So we'll get into all that today. But what I like to start with is to ask you what led you to the point where you decided that I need to lose this weight to feel better about myself and just get control of my life. So what was that point for you? And what led up to that? Oh, okay. I'm so happy to talk about this because this was a really, really, really uh, a key struggle in my life. It was like a thread that was that was going through my entire life, where I'd always struggled my entire life to uh, to lose weight, to be in a body that I felt confident in, um, to be able to wear the clothes I wanted to wear, and everything else that comes with it. And so, all through my um, teens and twenties, I had really, really struggled and tried every single diet out there, even into my thirties. I had tried, uh, you know, everything from Weight Watchers. I actually joined it. I lost 15 pounds, but then I gained it all back. Um, I tried uh, um, eating less and exercising more. And that worked for a bit until I decided that I wanted to eat pizza and ice cream the minute that I got to like even halfway to my goal. And I'm like, I'm not doing that anymore. I don't want to restrict myself. So that didn't work for the long term. I tried South Beach. I tried, you know, Atkins. I basically, I've really done it all. And I was actually um, kind of feeling like I was resorting to thinking that I was, it was in my genes that I would not be able to ever lose weight and that I was naturally big boned. And I just wasn't meant to have the body that I wanted to, or I wasn't meant to lose weight like that. And And so I was just getting used to it because when you work so hard and you get no results, um, you start to just like, try to say, like, try to make yourself think that maybe it's not, 
meant for you. But what happened is then I started working in my dream job. I was uh, a corporate, uh, working in a corporate job as a management consultant in New York City. And I would travel around jumping on trains, jumping on planes, meeting with clients. I would be eating amazing dinners in the evening um, and, you know, working really hard and playing really hard. And, and then I shortly after joining that role, got pregnant and then had my first child and then my second child shortly after. And so after that, I was really at the maximum weight, but you know, this, that I'd been in at my life, but it comes from years and decades of struggle before that. So I was not happy going into my pregnancy with, with my body. And, um, and so after I had my children, what happened is that I had a two, a less than two year old. Um, and then I had a newborn and they were crying in my, in my uh, family room one day and they were both crying and my toddler wanted to go outside and go play. And I actually had back pain in my back because I had later found out it was because I had extra weight on my body that was causing that actual pain, physical pain in my body. And, uh, and so, um, so I had back pain in my body. I didn't want to get up. I didn't want to take them anywhere. And then my sister called and she asked me, uh, if I wanted to go to New York, my favorite city in the world and go out with her, her husband and my husband to go to dinner. And I could have done this. I had childcare. I was able to do it, but I didn't want to do it because I felt so low in the way that my body felt. I felt like if I went to my closet, nothing would be able to fit me. And I felt like um, I wouldn't, I had such low confidence at that moment that I wouldn't be able to add to the conversation. And I'm not saying it was right to do this, but I actually turned her down and gave her another reason that I couldn't do it. And it was at that moment when all those things were happening, that it came to a culmination that I realized I'm not living the life I'm meant to live. I'm so much more than this. I can do so much more, but this weight is holding me back. And it's actually like, I, I hurt in my body. And at that moment, I decided I need to get this weight off my body. I cannot go on feeling like this anymore. It was all about feeling. And I also wanted to be able to wear clothes that I had. And I also wanted to wear better clothes that I was never able to fit into that I wanted to wear. And, and so at that moment, I decided I'm going to do this, but I have, I don't have time to keep going up and down and wait anymore. I have two children and I have to get back to my full-time job very soon. And so I need to do something that I can keep doing. I need to make this sustainable. And, and that's where I started my journey. I'm so glad you, you, your journey almost sounds like what mine was like. I did the yo-yo up down thing, not all the time, but cause I came to a point where, like you said, I'm just going to be fat the rest of my life. This is it. You know, my, all the women in my family are big boned the way that we say it. And this is just how I'm going to live. But I had a, an, I call it my epiphany moment where I was just like, I can't do this anymore. It wasn't just about the clothes, but it was, I was so tired all the time and just didn't feel, like you said, confident about myself that I, I just was tired of it. And it's just like, okay, I, I need to change something. But what did you do to, to finally, you know, you said, okay, I'm tired of this. I want to change. What did you do to start going in a direction of changing? Yes, absolutely. So what I did was so, so, it, you know, and a lot of times, like, um, you know, we could feel this motivation, and we could feel this momentum at a certain point. And it, it had happened to me before, but something was different this time, but I didn't want this to be a fleeting moment of motivation. And then I wouldn't know how to do it. And I wouldn't know how to keep it up. And I wouldn't feel like doing it. And so I knew that I could not go down the road of restriction dieting anymore. I had done it every single method, every single way of calling 
calling it different names. I had done restriction-based dieting and I thought I cannot restrict myself because I'm not that kind of person. And so what I did is I, I have a degree in molecular and cell biology. And so I started reading all the scientific journals that I had been trained to read as, as a, uh, an undergrad in that, in studying it. I started reading that. I started reading about new sciences and I started reading about foods and how to put them together and what really helps your body thrive. And what I found was that, uh, first of all, losing weight is 80% of what you eat. So a lot of times we feel like we have to run to the gym and like sweat it out and get there five times a week or else nothing's going to happen. Well, guess what? Yeah, that's going to help you. But what really gives you such more impact, such more transformation with such less time is uh, when you when you actually change what you're eating and transform what you're eating and you boost your metabolism. And so. I realized 80% of, of losing weight is eating. So I'm going to focus there. Let me start there. I can add on the working out later. And so I, I decided to start, I decided to start there. And, um, and so what I did was I started realizing after all of my, the research that there's foods that I could eat more of. I didn't have to focus on eating less. I could eat more. So some of those foods that I ate more of are things like more protein. Now I call it protein more. Um, vegetables. The problem with vegetables is that we don't like how they taste a lot of times. So I created tasty vegetables. Every single day I created tasty vegetables. And the way that I did this and the way that I enjoyed what I was eating was I used spices that were metabolism boosting, that helped me curb my appetite, that helped me burn more calories while I was eating eating. And that also helped eliminate my sugar cravings because spices do that. They help you eliminate your sugar cravings because you're getting a sensation that your body often gets from sugar, but you're getting it from spices, which don't spike your insulin, which don't cause you to store fat. And they actually cause you to burn calories quicker. And so I started using it primarily as a flavoring agent. First of all, that's the reason. So I grew up in a traditional Indian family where we use spices like water. It was like, we use spices in everything. We put it in our eggs. We put cayenne pepper in our eggs. We put, um, you know, we put cumin and, um, coriander, um, in our rice, you know, like we put everything we put, we put those spices. So for me, the way that I had been losing weight in all those past years had been against who I grew up as, which it was like very unflavored, boring food, nothing. There was no spices. There was no flavors. And that was part of the reason that I couldn't follow it. And so this time I realized I really need to keep this sustainable. And so I was decided to make more protein, more vegetables. I started using these delicious spices and I can definitely talk to you about some of those. Um, and, and what happened is that after I started eating more, my sugar cravings started started disappearing. And, and I'm actually somebody that was known to walk straight to the dessert table. And, and like, I would try to avoid it. I would just be like, hopefully no one's looking at me, but I would be that person that walks straight to the dessert table. And I would actually think about sweets like a lot, like when I was sitting at work, I would just think about it. And, um, and for, so I I'm sharing that because for me to go from that person to no longer having sugar cravings was a huge, massive transformation. And, and when you start eliminating your sugar cravings, things become so much easier. You're not in a constant battle with yourself every day. So I did all, I did these couple things. It wasn't that big of a deal. I just started adding a few things and I lost 40 pounds in nine months and it was all through what I was eating.
And, and to put it in perspective of where I was in my life at that time, I had gained 20 pounds after pregnancy, like before pregnancy. So I had 20 pounds that was, I, you know, usually wasn't on me if I hadn't been, you know, if I hadn't had it before I was pregnant. So I lost that 20 pounds, but then I kept going and I lost 20 more and I got to the best shape of my life. Um, literally wearing the clothes that I had dreamed of wearing that I thought that I would never be able to wear. I had the energy that I needed as the, as an, to be the energetic mom that I was craving. And I also, in fact, got a promotion at work. I started putting myself out there with clients and I created my own side business, which is now my main business uh, where I'm helping hundreds of women around the world uh, lose weight for in their busy lives. And so all this energy and focus was a result of me losing weight and feeling the best version of myself. And, and it stayed off now for over 10 years. And that's, I think the biggest attribute to, to the way that I did it. It was sustainable. It was enjoyable. It was metabolism boosting. And now I'm able to live in that body, hopefully for the rest of my life. Yeah. That's actually the subtitle of the podcast. It's really small is loving your weight maintenance journey. I mean, that's the goal is to get to where you get it off and it's, it's off. I mean, you, I'm sure you'll have a variance throughout the years, but as you said, it's um, what you're teaching your your clients is real world weight loss, which I think is what a lot of people are looking for now. You know, like me, like I say, I work a full time job. I do the podcast. I've been trying to get into speaking and things. And sometimes your schedule isn't so regimented to where you could say, oh, I'm going to eat breakfast at this time. And then I'm going to eat lunch at this time. Like you, you traveled a lot, used to travel a lot. So you you couldn't say, you know, be as regimented, I guess. So you had to learn how to make everything fit within that world. Now, you were, when you yeah. were talking about your spices, one of the things that, like you mentioned, uh, usually healthy food is considered bland, not mm-hmm. doesn't taste very good. But I, I don't know if people are afraid of spices or is it just they don't understand, especially in, a, in American culture. A lot of things is just salt and pepper, if, if that or it's overly salted or overly, you know, like processed. Do you think some of it have you had where your clients, when they actually started eating real food and, you know, using the spices to flavor it, that that's why those cravings go away is because now your taste buds are like, wow, I've got real food now, not this over hyped up food that's been over processed. Do they seem to experience that? Yes. Oh my gosh. Well, yeah. So the, like they absolutely love what they're eating and that's really, um, really a core principle is, is to, to enjoy what you're eating and also to make it easy to, to create your, your meals and not to spend tons of time cooking, not to like, I mean, if you don't want to, if you want to, then that's fine. But usually the women that I help are professional women and physicians and entrepreneurs. They don't have that time. Like they don't have hours to cook in the kitchen. So spices are first of all, a shortcut to flavoring your food. Uh, they, they're, all you do is a sprinkle of this, a pinch of that. And like you learn, I can even tell you some basic things to, to use some core spices, um, which Gwen, I know, you know, you know, I'll tell, because it sounds like your spice cabinet is very plentiful. So I know, you know, that, but I can share that for the audience. And, um, and so, you know, eating spice or adding spices, it, um, it makes your food taste good. So you're not dreading eating healthy food. It makes it more family friendly. And I want to pause for a second because yes, families can eat spices because guess what? There's hardly any spices that are actually spicy. There's only a couple cayenne pepper um, and red chili flakes. And there's a couple others. There's a huge amount of spices that are mild or in fact, sweet. 
And I'll definitely share that sweet one with you. Um, so when you have spices, you are loving what you're eating. Your family can eat this flavorful food and you're boosting your metabolism because when you're eating, you could even tell when you're eating spices, it's getting things moving in your body. It's getting things going. It's actually burning belly fat. Like there's, there are so many studies that show that certain spices, like for example, cumin, they actually burn belly fat. So if you have one teaspoon a day, you will actually lose a third more belly fat in three months than you would have if you wouldn't, if you didn't, if you didn't do it. And all you have to do is add cumin. It's like, you can add things. This is the way that we are living in abundant way of, of um, living in a healthy, a healthy body. You're adding things. You're not always focusing on taking things out. Yeah. The, um, one thing on the podcast that I always tell the listeners is when I say diet, I don't mean restriction. I don't mean takeaway. It's just the overall way you eat, but diet has always been portrayed that way. We're going to take this away from you. You know, like these foods, your sweets or your, I know some people like potato chips. I'm a dessert person, like you said, but um, can you tell our listeners, like what's, what's the sweet combination of spices, like to help you get away from the sugar and, and, you know, find a replacement for it that's better for you? Yes. Yes, absolutely. So, uh, so now what happens is like when you use a sweet spice, you get the flavors, you get the taste, but then you're not spiking your insulin like you would with sugar. And what that, what that means is like, when you have sugar, you, your insulin is elevated. It gets, it pulls out that sugar from your blood and it stores it as fat. So instead of going through all of that, why not use a, a spice that's sweet that gives you that, that, that sugar rush, but without all the stuff that's happening in your body and the fat storage. So the number one spice that I recommend, and this is actually the best, most healthiest sweetener for those of you that like baking, for those of you that like other kinds of things, um, there's a whole range of sweeteners and cinnamon is the number one. So it's cinnamon. And so most of us have cinnamon in our pantry. It's not something that's foreign. It's just that we actually may not realize the power of it. Now, cinnamon is something that, that people that have diabetes are using um, and that their doctors are, are asking them to use more of. And even in some instances, having it in the form of a, of a supplement because it has so many benefits. And so what cinnamon does is that it helps to lower your blood sugar. So if you have sugar in your, in your bloodstream, um, it helps to bring that sugar level down without causing fat storage. Now it also helps you curb your sweet cravings or your sugar cravings, because it gives you that feeling of sweet without all the things that I was sharing already. And so when, what you can do for cinnamon, the first way, the, the, one of the easiest ways that you can use cinnamon is, is it a no cook way? I always love sharing simple, easy ways to do things. Um, and what, you know, many of us like to do is have a cup of coffee or tea in the morning and, or in the afternoon. And, uh, instead of using sugar in that coffee or tea, or even using Splenda or using anything else that could be a sweetener, when you use cinnamon, you do not raise your glycemic index, which is the, which is a measure of how much fat you're storing. You, you actually bring it down. It in fact goes down. So it's so powerful that when you have cinnamon, you're actually helping yourself lose weight, but you're still getting a you're still getting that sweet craving. So what you do is you just sprinkle it in your coffee or your tea. And if you really want to have sugar, you can have some sugar, but all you're going to need is half of the typical amounts of sugar or Splenda or sweetener that you usually have. And then you use cinnamon to supplement. And, and over time, you start to become used to having that less sugar taste and having more of the cinnamon taste. And what will happen is you will transition into having no sugar in your coffee and then only having cinnamon. 
And that's actually what happened to me. I used to have a cup of coffee after I had my two children. That was like the highlight of my day. It meant everything to me. It was like before I started the day, it was my moment to sit and be um, peaceful, to have that moment. And I would have French vanilla creamer with two Splendas. And, um, and, and I now drink black coffee with cinnamon. And, and so I want to just show you like that can, that's possible. That, that trajectory is possible. I didn't get there directly. I did take it down. Like I described. And then all of a sudden one day I was like, this tastes too sweet. I went and tried the original thing that I was drinking. And I said, Oh my God, I can't even drink that. It's making me sick. And so we can change our taste buds, but when you use cinnamon, it helps you transition away from sugar, but still get that feeling of treating yourself well and getting that feeling of sweetness. Yeah. You don't feel like you're depriving yourself in that way. What's, what kind of spices, like if uh, somebody wants more of like a salty type or um, like to season maybe on your like rice or something, cause I've done that before where I've just experimented with, Oh, you know, what, would it make the rice taste like if I put this in it? And, and some, sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. So, but I mean, that's just going off of what I knew about certain spices you could, you know, use together, but do you have certain spices like for when you season meat or if it's a, a vegetable or something like that? Yes, absolutely. So I'll, t- I'll, I'll share a few of them. So um, I have one, um, which I call um, the, the uh, it, it's like the use all use anywhere spice blend. And, um, and so this actually tastes really good on meat um, or it tastes, that's pretty much like the best place. You could also use it on vegetables, but I'll share a different one for vegetables as well. So the spice blend is um, using cumin, which I already talked about helps you burn more belly fat. Um, so you use like, let's say you would do like one teaspoon of cumin. You do one teaspoon of cu- cumin for one pound of whatever meat you're eating. So you do one teaspoon, then you could do um, a, a half teaspoon of black powder pepper. You could do a fourth teaspoon of cayenne pepper. If you like spicy, if you don't like spicy, then do a fourth teaspoon of paprika, which what happens is when you use cayenne pepper, it actually speeds up your metabolism and it also curbs your appetite. So you're eating less and your metabolism speeding up black pepper actually burns more calories than a 20 minute walk. So you're burning calories more, you're boosting your metabolism, you're curbing your appetite, you're burning belly fat. This is like an amazing and pleasant taste good. And, um, and then you have some salt as well. So you could do a half teaspoon of salt. So that's kind of a, a nice formula for a really easy spice blend that you could use. And you will literally be eating and burning fat. And it really does happen. It really does happen. I have hundreds of clients whose fat is melting away and they're eating more of these kinds of foods and they're never hungry. Now, if you're having protein, you definitely like a, like a meat, you definitely want to have vegetables as well. Cause that balances it out. And when you have more vegetables, you naturally don't crave as many unhealthy carbs like breads and rices and things like that. Now I'm not saying you shouldn't have carbs in your life because it's a food group and we should have them, but there's healthier carbs that you could be having. So when you have vegetables, it actually keeps you full and satisfied because it has so much fiber, but the key is to really make those, those, uh, those vegetables tasty. And um, one of the really great spices that I love to use and I love to recommend for vegetables is to use coriander. And coriander is um, is a uh, is is the seeds, the blended seeds of cilantro. What we know is what we call cilantro in the U.S. And um, and so the coriander, what it does is it actually decreases bloating. 
It decreases water retention. So it decreases your bloating. You'll actually notice that after you, after you add some onto a vegetable, especially if it's asparagus, because asparagus also, de also decreases water retention, decreases bloating. You'll notice that even if you drink nothing, you'll have to go to the bathroom afterwards because all that extra water, like the, it's the bloating is, is going away. So doing salt, pepper, and coriander is amazing. If you like to have that extra spice, you could add the cayenne pepper. You could do cayenne, uh, red chili flakes, which are a milder version of cayenne pepper. So you could do, you know, you could do that. So that's kind of another, you know, another blend, uh, another blend. But cumin, um, coriander, cayenne pepper, those are some really, really great spices to start adding. And what's good about all those spices is you can find them anywhere. I mean, they're not something you have to go to a certain store to start looking for them or and they're re relatively inexpensive you know most of the spices I buy they come in large containers and they really don't cost that much uh, you know yes. paprika I go through a lot of paprika <laughs> I love it it's great but um so yeah so um one of the thing I wanted to ask you because you are a busy lady and you've got a family you're taking care of children you're, you're married how do you go about with your meal planning and do you prepare separate meals for your family or is it a family thing where it's like, we're all eating the same thing, what mom's eating? You know, do you ever get pushback about mom? We don't like this or, you know, why can't we eat real food? So supposedly, how do you go about uh, making it where it's not work to have to eat for you to eat healthy, but it's a family affair? Yeah. Oh, thanks for that question. It's really, really like a big, um, it comes to be a big thing when in the family every day, you're like, okay, what are we eating for dinner? How are we doing this? And, um, I, I have two, two things I'm going to share. So one is that, um, one is that the first thing is I do try to, you know, make those dinners that everybody can eat. Now in my family, we actually have even more complications because I have a husband who loves and who will eat meat but who will also be, but he'll also be vegetarian. I have a son who only wants to eat meat. I have a daughter who's vegetarian. And then I personally was pescatarian. And now I'm, I, now I've just become vegetarian again. So we have like all these different food preferences. So I actually was still pulling it together, like doing a vegetarian base and then adding meat on meat on the side for the, for those that wanted meat. But we've recently started eating more vegetarian at home. And, um, you know, my son is not happy about that because he wants, he wants his meat on the side. So, um, so we'll still, we'll still give it to, you know, I'll, I'll still make it or my husband will make it once in a while, but one of the key things is that, you know, having a family meal, it is about, I look at, I look at the, the learnings that kids do need to eat something five to eight times before they really start to become comfortable with it. And so though it's easy for me to give them some frozen foods, like I, and it's not like I don't, I'm a regular mom. I do all those things too, but I, um, I, like, I want them, I want to lead them towards just being comfortable and being more just, just becoming, um, just, just like, just enjoying different kinds of foods as well. So I know that it can sometimes feel like a longer term journey. So a lot of times what I'll do is I, I will, and what I recommend is to do something that is family friendly along with something that's healthier. So basically you make one, you make one dish and that's the entree for everybody. Um, and so, and then I'll give you a couple of examples as well. And that's the entree for everybody, but for the kids, you add some different sides. And for you, you add different sides. So for example, one of the meals that we make is called taco soup. 
And for taco soup, you could add, you know, you could make it vegetarian or you can make it meat. If you make it meat, you put uh, ground beef, you put a lot of veggies in it, or you put some tomatoes and you put some beans, whether it is, you know, like pinto beans or kidney beans. It's like a chili, kind of a chili. And then you serve it and then you can have cheese, sour cream, tortillas, you know, you can have all those things and you can also have a salad. So for the kids, they'll have the taco soup, they'll have the lots of cheese, a little sour cream, you know, some tortillas with it. And I'll just have it as a soup with a salad on the side. And, and so that's a way for it to, to integrate like one meal, but then you change up the sides. So that's, that's one example. Another thing is that I really want to share that I empower other moms to put yourself first. And what that means is that if your kids don't want to eat what you're eating, eat your own meal. It's okay because it's hard for kids to like, like it's hard for every kid to want to eat healthy. I mean, kids are kids. They do like chicken nuggets. They do like pizza. At least my kids do. And, uh, and so I, I, sometimes it's just easier. And I have those days where it's like, okay, well, I'm trying to give you something healthy. So I'm going to give you some healthy uh, on the side. Like, well, there'll be carrots, there'll be celery, there'll be some kind of salad, there'll be something healthy. And then you can have that other easier food that you like, but then I am going to still have my meal that I want, which, you know, maybe like, you know, before I used to have like salmon and vegetables and, and a big salad or something like that. And I enjoyed that. Um, and so I wouldn't make them eat it if they didn't want to, but I still always, no matter what, hundred percent of the time have a meal that is keeping me lean and that is keeping me feeling good about myself. And I really want to share the importance of this. Sometimes it can feel like it's harder, but I actually I actually make my own food first before I make the children's food because I want to make sure if I'm not fueled, how can I have the confidence and the energy to take care of my family? How can I keep growing and bringing the income in for our family? I have to make sure that I feel good inside. And that comes number one from what I'm eating. So um, just prioritizing that and not letting your family's tastes bring your, bring you like to an unhealthier place is very key because kids will eat a whole thing of baked CD, like in one second, you know, and then I'll end up eating it too. If I didn't have that really nice side and that really those other, all those other pieces of the meal that I really enjoy, I will eat the whole thing too. And I should not put myself in that position, but my kids do like that. So sometimes it's okay to eat separate things as well. Oh, I like that. What I've realized, cause my mom, struggled with her weight as a kid. And I remember watching her, you know, with the way she ate and exercise, but it, it gets to a point where as they get older, you realize that, okay, this is a better option. You know, they, they learn that if you eat a certain way, I don't feel as good. And I, I got to that point about in my mid twenties. So I understood then, but of course, when you're younger, you want the chicken nuggets and the hamburgers and the pizzas and things like that. And also you mentioned about prioritizing yourself as a mom. Have you ever felt like the guilt? I hear some ladies say that, oh, I feel so guilty. You know, I'm taking that time away. I could be spending with my kids or we could do this. But I, I feel I don't have any children, but I just know from my experience, when my mom takes took care of herself or when she takes care of herself, for me as a child, it was like, I was so happy. I was like, good job, mom. Because then mom was happier. <laughs> Did you ever feel that kind of guilt? about, you know, like I said, prioritizing yourself. 
Yeah, that's such a good question. Oh my gosh. It's yes. And when mom's happy, when mom is happy, everybody's happy. So let's all try to make mom happy. Definitely. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I can tell you, okay, that's a great, excellent question. And something that so many moms, uh, really, really struggle with. Um, the first thing is, is that when you have to eat anyway, so when you focus on eating and you focus on doing that, and then, you know, you can integrate family friendly options as much as you can, um, you're, you're going to have to eat anyway. So yes, there is some additional meal prep time or some chopping maybe, but also there's easy things. There's like tools that we can use, like the crock pot, the Instapot. Um, there's also an air fryer. You can bake things and do one sheet meals. When you even learn five simple meals, it can, it, it, it's, it's very transformative because then you can mix, mix and match these things. So, um, so really being able to make it simple and, and prioritize food makes it so that you're not actually spending as much time. So you don't even have that, that feeling of guilt. Um, I have found that guilt, especially when I go to work out and I've always prioritized, uh, um, eating, but then I do, I do exercise and I do want to work out. And I can tell you, number one, my kids love the fact that they, they, it's, it's a normal thing for them to see that their mom prioritizes her health. Like when I eat, when I sit down at the table, and even if I have my own meal and they're all eating baked CD and I have like an amazing, uh, like I'm eating like, um, lentils with vegetables and I'm like loving my meal. Meal, and maybe I'll have some couscous or something with it. And I'm like, Oh my God, I love what I'm eating. And then they look at me and they don't want to have what I'm eating. They're like, mom, I don't want that, but I love what I'm eating. And I, and, and they know that. And so it's a healthy relationship with what you're doing. That's more important than like feeling like you have to like do everything together. So, um, so that's key. So they, they have this vision and they have this like just way that they know that we like mom takes care of herself. And so when I do go to the gym, I do do it at times that the kids are sleeping usually because I do actually also have that guilt. Like, I feel like, oh my gosh, if it's five o'clock, like I want to be at home. I only have so many hours, you know, I feel that. And so I tried to change my day so that I go, I go at certain times, you know, earlier in the morning, but now that with COVID and with, um, so many virtual workouts. I've worked out from home um, 100%. And I have a Zoom, you know, a Zoom trainer and a Zoom class that I do. And so I'll just do that when they're there. Like uh, they just see me. And sometimes my daughter joins in with me. And so it's so much fun. And so actually, like using the space and doing things with your kids or letting them see you, it's very transformative to their future. Because I remember I used to see my mom do aerobics. Like that's what they did like before, right? Like aerobics. Yeah. So my mom would do aerobics and she would always go to her class and do her aerobics on Saturday mornings. And I didn't even see her do the aerobics, but I just knew she was going to aerobics class. And it actually stayed with me where fitness became very important in my life. Cause I just saw my mom do that. Uh, something else I wanted to ask you, you mentioned it's been like 10 years you've been maintaining the loss. What would you say has been your biggest thing to help you with staying in maintenance? Because I think that's the the hard part. Usually everybody thinks you may, oh, I lost it. Great. But then the process to keep it off and to be consistent with it. What's been your main thing to help you in that area? So I think that actually a mindset that I'll share has really, really helped me. And this, um, and this is keeping me, keeping me continuing to want to be better and better. And that mindset, it, I call it all or nothing. And uh, this is probably familiar to a lot of people where, and, and, and what I say is it's not all or nothing. And so like, we've been taught 
through so many years of dieting, mental um, brainwashing, that if you if you want to be healthy, and then you end up eating some sweets at three o'clock, because you didn't have a healthy snack prepared, and you just need something fast to get through the day, then you know what, it's all or nothing. And since you ate that ate that unhealthy snack, or those cookies or whatever it was, then you know what, you might as well just forget about the rest of the day, then maybe just order pizza tonight. Like maybe just like eat that huge bowl of pasta with, uh, with the fried mozzarella sticks on the side, because you messed up at three o'clock earlier that day. And that mentality used to completely take me over the edge. And it is created from the diet mentality of thinking of teaching us that we always have to be perfect. We have to be on the wagon or off the wagon. Now, instead I embrace the feeling that I'm not perfect. I don't, I can't be perfect. None of us are. And we know that. And I just want to feel good in my body. And so in, if in that moment I needed something, well, I can learn from that moment. Maybe it was that I didn't have a healthy snack already prepared, or maybe it's just that I wanted that, that holiday cookie that was, that was there or something like that. Um, but that means that I made that choice and that's fine. And now I just want to make the healthy choice after that. Like, I just want to make a healthy choice. It's all about a choice. It's not all or nothing. And it's okay to have sweets. It's okay to have things like that. So, um, so that all or nothing mindset, that's one really, really key piece that has kept me very, very um, much like in a place of feeling like in a, in a positive relationship with myself and not a critical and criticizing relationship with myself. And then the second thing is that I have this, um, I have a day of the week called cheat day where some people call it treat day. You know, some people don't like that day, but for me, it really worked for me because on Saturdays, I just like, kind of like want to completely let go. There's like this chocolate croissant from a bakery that I go, that I go to that I love. I don't, I, I want to still have that in my life. I don't want to not have that in my life. So I just put it on my cheat day and that keeps me going during the week. It keeps me on my routine because I know that I have that day that I'm going to do all, all the things I want. And what's happened over the years is that on my cheat day, I actually not don't crave all the foods that I used to. I, I've chosen to keep my chocolate croissant as part of my day because I truly enjoy it. But I actually like like eating the other foods that I usually eat anyway now because my cravings and my food tastes have changed over the years. And that's what happens. So Yeah, what happened with me was kind of the same thing. I didn't tell myself you can't have those foods. But if you have them, because I had to, lo I, I logged for a long time, I still do somewhat. But when I saw it on that paper, it was like, I really didn't want that. Why did I even eat it? And then when I looked at how many calories I was getting from my little like Reese's peanut butter cup, I thought, man, those things are so tiny. And I just ate like half a meal or something, you know, like this. I thought, no, I'm done with doing this. Yeah. I mean, I would still have it if I wanted it, but it's like really not worth it. I'm really not having it. So, and a lot of people feel like they'll never get to that point. And I used to think that, that oh, I'll never be able to not have that stuff. But like you said, once you start eating real food, your taste buds start to change and you don't tell yourself, well, that's bad. You can't have it. It's almost like all the power it had over you is gone. You know, like the power of those types of foods and your, mm -hmm. your body starts craving the good food because it likes to feel good. Mm -hmm. And then the real world thing is you're not going to be perfect all the time. You're never, you're not going to be on plan all the time. You know, you, you might reach for the candy bar and eat it, but you have to look at how many days did you not eat the candy bar? You know, let's say you went for two months and you didn't have one. Then all of a sudden you had one 
And then you do the, oh, I've already, I ate bad today. So now I'm just going to throw away the whole day. It's like, wait, you just ate well for three months. And then you're going to throw all that away for one candy bar. And sometimes when you talk to people, when I've talked to people about it and get the wheels turning in their head, they'll say, Gwen, you're right. It's like, yeah, you know, just get back on track and everything will be okay. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and I'm sure that this is how you feel now as well. It's like, uh, if you eat that candy bar after you don't eat it, and then you eat it, you're like, you, you may feel like you have to go to sleep for a couple hours or it just hits you and makes you very tired. And so you end up not even wanting that because you don't want to feel the way that that food does. So it's like, get started, get your foot in the door, learn how these foods make you feel, learn how to make them taste good. And, and then your body actually catches up with you and you don't even want to eat those other foods. And it becomes so much easier when you create this, when you walk down this lifestyle transformation method versus a diet that you're just focusing on taking stuff out all the time. Yes. I love that. Well, Nagina, I I thank you for being on the podcast today. And what I always like to end with, with my, with our guest is uh, ask you to leave them some words of encouragement and also how they can find you, whether on social media or your website or any books or podcasts that you have. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. Okay. So, um, so I love, love to share this, uh, this quote that's a word, words of encouragement from Earl Nightingale. And I'm going to not say it exactly, but I'm going to say most, mostly correctly. And um, it's that um, don't be deterred by your goal just because the time it's going to take. The time is going to pass anyway. So I want to share that because that's something that personally, you know, if I had thought, oh, it's going to take me so long to get in shape. I, I, how could I ever lose 40 pounds? How could I even lose 20 pounds? And I just didn't take action. Well, guess what? 10 years would have passed anyway. And now uh, the last 10 years, I've been living in my healthiest version of myself and and creating that that, uh, role model for my children and also for myself. And and so that time would have passed anyway, and I would have been struggling and it would have been hard. hard. But, um, But when you take that time and you just take that step, then then you can start moving to that better version of yourself. Just take that first step and get going. And I do have a free, a free and very special gift to share with your, um, share with your audience, Gwen. And that is, um, I have a very special book. It's called Seven Spicy Recipes to Melt Away Your First Seven Pounds. And it's a free gift that you can get when you go to my website, which is masalabody.com. I'll just spell it M-A-S-A-L-A body.com. And actually masala means a blend of spices for a spicy body. So um, these are, these are spicy, but not necessarily hot, spicy, just flavorful and metabolism boosting recipes that are very easy and also family friendly. And there is a mix of meat and vegetarian. And there's a really great smoothie recipe that takes like less than two minutes to make in the morning and really boost your metabolism. So masalabody.com is where you can get the um, free recipe book that I've created. And then also after that, I'll send you um, a note and we'll be in touch through email after that. And I'll include all that in the show notes so it'll be easy for the listeners to to get a hold of you. So thank you again. And I think this will help a lot of people. Thank you so much, Gwen. The information provided in this podcast is for informational purposes only. The views of any guest on the podcast are their own. The host of this podcast is not a medical doctor, nurse, or health professional. You should consult with your doctor, nurse, or health professional before you begin any weight loss or maintenance or exercise programs.